Hey everyone, it's Michael Antonovich with another installment of the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimira R&D. Every now and then I'll ring up someone in the sport and talk about what we see happening around the pits, on the track, or in the retail space. For this one, I called my close friend Jeff Crutcher and talked about his two-week MX spring break in Florida, which included seat time at tracks around the Sunshine State, wrenching for Scotty Winterstorm at the Daytona Supercross, and lining up for motos at a day in the dirt down south. If you've seen stuff between Jeff and I before, you know the back and forth can be a bit detailed, and that's exactly how this extended chat went. For those of you looking for a scene report from the Orlando MX area, we covered that in the first few minutes. Jeff absorbed all he could during the day with a 501 privateer and outlined some of the knowledge he aims to make use of when his RRCZ KTM team goes SX racing in the middle of the talk. Finally, we cover the weekend of riding at Dade City MX for a day in the dirt down south, an East Coast spinoff of California's fastest party in town. Day in the Dirt is my personal favorite race, so it was cool to hear what a first-timer made of the 45-minute Grand Prix and the infamous Coup de Gras. As always, thanks to Yoshimira R&D for backing the Midweek Podcast. Let us know what you want to hear in upcoming episodes and check SwapMotoLive.com for more content from the track. probably already know that Yoshimira makes the best exhaust options for Honda, motocross, and off-road bikes, but did you know they make really great power for Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, Husky, and Gas Gas? Yoshimira has been delivering power since 1954 and can make your bike run and sound the best it can. Visit them at yoshimira-rd.com to see how they can make your bike park. Hi, Jeff. Hey, I uh, saw you a few weeks ago at Daytona. That was part of your big bike week two weeks really for you from the last round of the Hoosier Outlaws Arena Cross Series to doing Day in the Dirt down south wrenching for Scotty Winterstorm at the Daytona Supercross how were those days on the road give me a run through of it oh it was great you know I I started uh I had a 20-day run I started the Thursday before the Tunica Arena Cross which was the uh last weekend of the series and uh, we raced on Friday and Saturday night. I left Kansas City uh, on on the Thursday before. Um, so after after doing those two those two nights of racing, which was really you know really great. Uh, Tunica is a really cool arena. It's absolutely massive. Uh, like think um, the Reno Livestock Arena or the uh, uh, Lazy E and Guthrie. It's really large. So we had a huge floor space. Um, you could have put th- three standard arena cross tracks on the size of the of the Tunica track. Fantastic soil. We had, I believe, uh, almost 20 pro riders show up, and we raced triple crown format, which was really cool. And we did um, check this out. So the top eight in timed qualifying then uh, did head-to-head racing, and uh, the head-to-head bracket style picked your gate pick going into main one. After main one, um, going into main two, the start order was inverted. So first place started last, so on. Last place started first. That provided for some really uh, some really entertaining racing. And, and um, you know, it was, it was kind of like met with both excitement and apprehension of the riders. Um, but like, I look back to the Amsoil Arena Cross days whenever it was... Uh, you know, they used to have that briefcase thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the winner or whatever would go out and and they would have to pick a briefcase. So I thought it was better than that. It just was, hey, we know what we're getting ourselves into. 
So we raced on Friday, Saturday night, Saturday night, dude, I, you know, I didn't take the trailer. I didn't take the big, to- the big SP toolbox, just did it low key. Um, I took two motorcycles with me. A friend took uh, Brandon Walther's bike and then we, um, we loaded everything up and by 1030, I was on the road and headed south. And originally the goal was for me to ride at Monster Mountain on uh, Sunday, the day after uh, Tunica. And it just did not stop raining. And uh, two years in a row, I've been to Tunica and it has done nothing but rain like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just that time of the year and that area where everything is wet. And uh so monster was a wash and instead i just drove down to gulf shores alabama which is where sp tools usa um, that's where they're based out of sp tools usa is the importer of sp tools which is a a hand tool company based out of australia Um, they have uh, sp is is very tightly knit with ktm australia and uh, they're really into Australian supercars also. The importer of that stuff, uh, which is uh, Cutting Edge Automotive Solutions, also imports a couple of other things. And their most you know, noteworthy thing is Texa, which is a diagnostic tool for every car on earth. Um, so I got to go down, hang out with them, toured their offices. We did a podcast uh, with Lee, the owner of the company. They have a really cool podcast studio. Oh, Left cool. from the... Yeah, and then um, did that on Monday, left from there, and uh, picked my girlfriend, Aubrey, up at the airport on Tuesday in Orlando, and um, picked her up, and we were like, well, what do we do now? And so we went straight to Orlando MX, because Bithlo is just right down the road from the airport. So we went out there, and and I, uh, I rode, you know, like a fish out of water, you know, because I had been doing um, arena cross exclusively for almost five months straight. So to go from arena cross to a um, sand track that's like, you know, European sand, like it's true deep endless sand. It doesn't get the most whooped out, but it is a rough, it is a rough course. And it's got some oddball jumps on it, you know, that are just like huge singles, tiny landings because it's sand and they want to keep it safe. Um, so you're just like launching off of these giant rollers and just splashing down in sand and, you know, the bikes getting all kicked around very European style. I rode there and, uh, did uh, three 20 minute motos and just like every time I was on the track, I got feeling better and better. Bithlo is a very odd style sand. Um, it's, it's unlike, very unlike, you know, what we think of American sand, like, um, uh, where the national is, uh, Southwick, yeah, motocross 338. Very, very different style sand. I mean, this stuff is a lot more washy um, and powdery as opposed to, you know, uh, 338, which is a little bit grittier and hard packed. Mm -hmm. With that base. Right, with the base, right? At Orlando, there is no base to it. Proof for a very challenging ride. You know, my first time back on a a full-size motocross track. then, I mean, dude, then it was just a couple days at the beach and then um, got checked in at Daytona on uh, on Friday and went through the whole uh, COVID test protocol thing and got my little white armband and 
got nestled in and met with Scotty Winterstrom and, and the way that I ended up uh, working with Scotty is before the, cause I knew I, like Aubrey and I, whenever we made the plan, we were like, Hey, let's go to Daytona. You know, mm-hmm. she wanted to experience it. I wanted to go, you know, um, just, just as a fun event. And the more I got to thinking about it and I started looking at ticket prices and stuff, I was like, you know what? If I can get us pit passes, it'll actually be about the same exact price. Yeah. Um, and no paying for parking either, you know, cause you're in, you know, in the infield. So, um, yeah, I said, screw it. Let's, let's see if I can find somebody to work for, for the weekend and, you know, just buy, buy a pair of pit passes for Aubrey and I, um, so I reached out to, I reached out to Dave of the collective experience and said, who do Which we, I figured, who, I kind of thought right. that's how that all got lined up. Right. Uh, who do we know that needs a guy? And we went through the list of everybody, you know, from from the Somnium Yamaha guys of Addison Emery and um, uh, David Poli. Uh, uh, fuck yeah, uh, David Poli, and then um, you know Mason Kerr, uh, Scotty Winterstrom, and and we were like, well, who's going to be there and who needs a guy? And ended up being you know, Scotty. So, and, and I've known him for, you know, I don't know, 10 years or so. And I, I texted him. I was like, Hey dude, you know, do you need help at Daytona? He's like, yeah, I'm just going by myself. Like I don't have anything. I was like, okay, great. Put me and Aubrey on your, on your, uh, on your, uh, wristband list and, and we'll, uh, you know, I'll get you taken care of. And like, my original intention was to just go and, you know, have a good time and, you know, just help Scotty in whatever way he needed to. And then like the more that I got to thinking about it, I was like, Hey, with my arena cross race team, like we're going to go race supercross next year, big picture. This is a really huge opportunity for me to learn a lot this weekend. And so, you know, no, I wasn't, I wasn't there representing my race team or, you know, cycle zone or KTM. I was there in the Ronnie Prado, uh, Ronnie Prado companies, uh, Jones power sports, Kawasaki shirt, you know, and working for a Cowie guy. And like, uh, there was a lot, you know, there, it, it's so difficult to explain to like a lay person, you know, just like an average fan over how, stop and go and hurry up and wait and how much there truly is that goes on at a supercross race from track walk in the morning till you know the final work the final fireworks after the 450 main um there is a lot of parts and moving pieces going on there plus you know setting up on friday um and so i wanted to get my feet wet i have done it on the media end countless times but I have never done it as a racer because I never raced supercross. Although I knew, you know, I, I knew what, what the racing regimen was from outdoor motocross. And I knew it was a similar format. Um, I wanted to get hands on as a mechanic, which will be, you know, my main um, daytime role uh, on, uh, on supercross day, even though I'll be team principal and managing the operation, I'll still be working for, you know, one of my riders. Um, so I wanted to get my feet wet with that. And it was a great experience. And I mean, you know, from getting into staging and, and going through that that process and, and keeping, you know, Scotty prepped up and ready to go and and uh, 
all the other accoutrements that come along with with the you know with the thing there's a lot going on and so like yeah i mean to get you know a little bit more of an understanding and now as i'm you know have my whole job sheet here of, of things that i have to do to prepare for next season um it kind of having that fresh on my mind as i'm preparing for next season it's a big you know it, it's definitely in the plus column mm-hmm. especially Working. to see a guy like scotty sorry to interrupt one yeah. dude you know you're gonna have multiple guys to to manage next year uh, and that's right. a whole yeah. different that's a whole different thing for scotty to be self-sufficient on his own staying in the hitch hotel when he gets to things like that that's a lot there is you know he's responsible for himself and he knows what he needs you're going to have other guys that are going to have uh different things different approaches to everything different you know wants all that stuff so for you to to understand hey this is all we're going to need plus all this other stuff is huge right and i mean you know um Hopefully my two athletes that I signed for Supercross next season are, um, well, one of them has already done Supercross. Uh, the other one that I'm really highly considering, uh, he got hurt before this season. And so he wasn't, he's, you know, he's out with a ankle or knee injury. One of the two, I can't remember. And so because, you know, so I'm going to have a guy that's totally green and then I'm going to have a, have a pretty seasoned veteran who, you know, is a, is a top 15 guy, you know, he's been right around, um, 10th numerous times, assuming that all, you know, the plan goes accordingly. Um, so to, to your point, one of them will be like Scotty where he shows up, he does his thing. He knows his regimen. He's a, you know, a seasoned professional, the other one, he's going to be very green. Um, so I'll have to, you know, I'll have to manage and guide, you know, the other writer, um, I, I can openly say that next season for arena cross, it's, we're going to have uh, three guys at arena cross and two of them will carry over to supercross 250 East. I believe is, is the plan. Um, after watching the 450 class um, and knowing that there is zero um, participation of riders on, uh, on 350s, I think that Ramella rides a 350. But other than that, nobody's riding a 350 in the 450 class. And, um, you know, whether we do the back half of the championship in the 450 class on 350s, or we do the back half of the championship on, you know, 250s and 250 East, um, I think really it comes down to what it, what uh, achievements our partners are looking to get, you know, if, if it's having a guy in the 250 main getting, you know, 12th, 15th place, whatever, well, then that's priority one. If it's just going and being there and participating, you know, cause everybody has a different motive. Um, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of these companies where it's like, we'll work with, we'll work with one guy that's like, I am hell bent on having, um, you know, performance. And I want, you know, I want a guy to win on Sunday so we can sell on Monday. But then there's a lot of people where, I mean, they want us to be a content team that goes racing, not a race team that creates content. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, juggling, what is the best plan, you know, moving forward. So uh, after that weekend with Scotty and seeing how the 450 class is continuously around that 40 rider mark, um, I'm wondering that if we can go and do it on 350s and be competitive, um, 
I'm not expecting to be able to sign a guy that's going to make it into the main events in the 450 class just right away. But uh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. There's a lot to consider there. So now this is all stemming from going and doing that weekend, you know, with Scotty and experiencing that. So it really opened my eyes in a lot of different directions over what it is that I, you know, what I want to do. So coming from just, just doing, you know, a day and a half of Supercross, it really helped me, you know, um, open the floodgates of thought of how it is that I wish to, you know, start approaching for next season. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and if KTM wants us out there on 350s, then okay, you know, that's, you know, having manufacturer support and being a designated team for, you know, that that specific motorcycle category, then okay, let's do it. You know, what, what can we do with this? Um, so, so there's a lot of variability there. But yeah, circling back to what you said, you know, with, of working with Scotty and, and him being so self-sufficient, man, it was such an enjoyable weekend. And, and like he, he is a true veteran of Supercross and, and, you know, he does not make main events very often, but he's still in the show and like so talented at what he does and, you know, and enjoying um, it the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that guy loves going to Supercross and he has such a fun time and, and he loves coordinating with his sponsors and representing them, you know, in, in a way. And like, you know, what blew my mind is how many just like random people that were not hardcore motocross racers. And you could tell just by talking with them whenever they came up and mind you, we were kind of in the back, in the back nine uh, of the, of the pits there in Daytona how many people came up and knew who Scotty was and mm -hmm. were asking for his autograph and his poster. And he issued out probably 150 posters. And yeah, that's, that's huge. That's a yeah, big number. Yeah. I know. No, I mean, like I was like, God damn dude. It's like, every time I turn around, he's handing out another, you know, autograph mm -hmm. poster and he's got a really cool activation point. Um, I'll never remember the name of the guy that painted his helmets. But he's got this um, scan to win a custom painted helmet thing. Uh, and and like, dude, just repeatedly people were walking up and scanning. I even saw a couple of the uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but a couple of I'll just say some other people with, you know, a lot of competing sponsors scanning, you know, trying to pick up a free helmet. That's cool. Um, yeah. And so. so you know, it was good to see that and see that even, you know, at Scotty privateer 450 guys has put together an activation point, um, you know, that's important to one of his one of his sponsors and 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 seeing him do that. And dude, he drove his, you know, 2014 F-150 out there with two canopies, uh, back walls, two motorcycles. His toolbox, dude, was such it was such a joke. Like, you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry, but dude, I mean, like you got to get a better toolbox than what he's got. Hook him up with SP tools. You got the plug. He, he makes it work. He makes his little, his little plastic toolbox. That's got, you know, it's all spread around and mm -hmm. chaotic, but he's got his system and it works for him. And, and like, uh, it was fun to, it was fun to get to be a part of that. Um, one of the, uh, you know, one of the, one of the highlights is always getting to see all the friends and old family, uh, you know, there of, of like the older generation of people that I grew up with, you know, like um, Brent Duffy, now that he's working for Star Yamaha, and even though he's working for Christian, who's not racing, you know, that coast, uh, Brent was there, 
and uh you know he took me into the the star yamaha trailer and made me coffee and and then uh getting to see samantha starling justin's sister um you know i haven't seen her since like i don't know oak hill in 2009 or you know whatever mm-hmm. it is and mm-hmm. i've seen justin a handful of times and and um uh, there's this one Australian dude that I always run into randomly, you know, at, at, at a, a race here and I can never remember his name. Um, saw him and, and just like, it's crazy how small of a community it is. And, and like you alluded to at the very beginning of this is like how often like you see these people all over the country and all over the world. And it's like, oh, hey, you're there here. You are again. You know? Yeah. Yeah, here we yeah. are. Oh, cool. Yeah, rock on, man. This is awesome. You know, because even uh, as Daytona Supercross Day was going on, I looked around, and I'm like, well, I know that guy, and I've seen that guy at Southwick National. I've seen this family at, the, at Unidil. I've seen these people right. here. Start talking to all these people and uh, just fans and stuff. You know, nobody really industry people, just people that I've met over time. Dude, Daytona is like the official East Coast race. Like, hey, that's cool. You guys got Boston, Atlanta's there, whatever. Now that Atlanta's out of the uh, the dome, it doesn't seem to have that allure. But it really seems like Daytona is just East Coast spring break. Just everybody's like loading up their shit and getting down there to do to do whatever. And and now that Day in the Dirt is the week after that, you know, at the Ricky Carmichael race is there. And if you're a high level AM kid, like, hell yeah, you want to go to that. But uh, the Day in the Dirt thing, that's going to open it up to such a broader east coast riding crew that wants to come down that wants to do what you did you know going back to the scotty thing a bit you know i come over and i see you uh right before free practice and and then you're on the gate and you're giving the bike just a little blip of the throttle you've done this so many times you know uh at your level as your own rider as an arena cross guy outdoors whatever how is it to uh to go through the day with what you're doing with Scotty. Like you said, you know, self-sufficient, he knows what he needs to do. So there is little tasks that you're probably chipping in in, but what's it like to like, look around, be in the mechanics area, be looking up and seeing just the whole grandstands. What's that like when you've never done it really that way? Surreal. You know, every time, and like, you know, I, I think that you appreciate it still every time you walk inside of that stadium and there's, 30 to 50,000 fans just going absolutely bananas. Like, even though they're not there to see you just being part of the moment, part of the moment. That's correct. Yeah. That, that it's so special, like every single time. And like after, after the races were over and we're, you know, trying to get out uh, of the, of the parking lot chaos and Aubrey fell asleep, like almost immediately. And so I just, uh, put on 105.9 sunny fm florida's you know 80s only station it's just it's always isn't, yeah uh, yeah uh so you know i put on i put on sunny fm and i'm just cruising out i was just reflecting on the whole week or on the whole day and and like all of the little highlights of it of yeah i mean like be being a mechanic on the line of a of a supercross race and and like i said no nobody's there to see me but still part of it, you know, and, and like the, you know, the fans are going wild and, and you're out on the floor and you can smell the, you know, the pro six and the SX four plus and like everybody, well, except for Scotty, he's burning 91 in his, in his he's good. He's got a stock yeah. exhaust, man. He's good. He's good. Uh, dude. Okay. So mentioning that the stock exhaust thing, like th- you cannot put an exhaust on that Cali 450 that makes it better. Yeah, no, like, that's true. That's there's a lot of stuff, and especially uh, 
that's kind of becoming really, really prevalent now that the bikes are so tunable with the EFI. Like yeah. even with the Yamaha, there's a lot of people that are like, no, dude, stocks, stocks pretty good. No offense to Yosh. Yosh is sponsoring this thing. But there are quite <laughs> a few people that have said like, hey, on certain bikes for what I do, I got to keep it this way. And and that's the thing is like, Scotty's like, dude, I don't need to make this bike any faster. If anything, I need to detune it. Yeah. He's like, I'm, a, I'm 150 pounds. Like, I don't need more power. <laughs> yeah. Third gear, clutch it. He's good. He's good everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And he's got the recluse auto clutch mm-hmm. in it too, which is wild. Yeah. You know, it, it, and he started the bike, put it in gear, took his hand off of the clutch and handed it to me like, hey, watch this. And I was like, what? <laughs> OK, and then whatever. Yeah. So anyway, the the stock exhaust. So every weekend, Scotty's got um, got a logo on that mm-hmm. on that thing. And like, it's so genius, dude, because there's this huge thing that like he just puts a a logo on it, you know, and it's like, it's a selling point. And his thing is, is like, I can take, I can get an FMF or a PC or a Yosh or, you know, name a pipe brand and they can give it to me for free and I'm sponsored by them. But I I lose out on the opportunity to, you know, bring on another, you know, another partner Mm -hmm. and, and get, you know, help them with their goals. He's Mm -hmm. like, so, so the free, the free pipe thing is worth nothing, you know, it, where he can turn it around and use it like a billboard. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, that's, that just goes to show you, you've got a guy that's a veteran supercross racer that understands the big picture of what he's there to do. Dude, totally. So when I did the conversation with Bruce a couple of weeks ago and like, I really enjoy this is, and I told Biggie this, like that, what I like most about this little deal that we have set up is that it's like NB, NPR talks of like whoever we can talk to whoever we want and to see you know from high level stuff of like how teams have to go about the parts that they choose or the sponsorships that they choose to then talk to an independent guy why do you go about things the way that you're going about them it's cool um and that's the one thing like you said with the win a free helmet custom painted helmet thing i went over to uh, hep last weekend you know you sign up for a progressive quote you get a free t-shirt that Mm -hmm. little stuff is coming back and it's also ingenious you know our guy kevin morans has all of the helmet wrap stuff how these guys are really figuring out maximize and like put a dollar sign on every single thing you have is right. huge and that's that that that's something that people that are really into it understand not to the regular fan they just think of going faster and going faster but when you've <laughs> plateaued out on going fast where are you going to make more money for this and and, and like when I first say this, it'll sound, you know, sleazy and corny, but like everything is for sale. Oh, like totally. Every, everything that you do, there's an opportunity to brand it at some point. Um, you know, perfect. I'll use two examples. Um, muck off Monday. Like, even if it's not, even if it's like yesterday, I washed the bikes cause I didn't get back on Monday. I went to cycle zone and washed the bikes on Tuesday, it was still muck off Monday, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and like, it's just this little thing that I do where I post about washing the bikes with the, you know, the, the muck off motorcycle cleaner. And then the other one is, uh, on Friday nights at the arena cross races, um, me and then the other the other team racers do the um, the skull candy vibe check, and I mean, it's just what are we listening to while we're getting suited up on Friday night? Mm-hmm. And it's this fun little interactive quiz or not quiz, but um, yeah, quiz of what do you think? What in the world am I listening to? And like, it's always something different, mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, there's so much variability there that like, it keeps people engaged and then sets up the next couple stories that I post to get that much more tapped into um, in, in the uh, Instagram and Facebook algorithm. If you realize that putting like the act of putting your gear on is for sale, like obviously, you know, I wear Fox head to toe. I'm a Fox athlete. Like everybody knows that I'm a Fox guy, right? Fox is my gear sponsor. Skull Candy is the sponsor of me putting my gear on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, see, and, and like when you word it like that, it's like, okay, okay. I get, yeah. yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And so, you know, yes, guys like Scotty and, and Kevin, they're starting to realize, Hey, there's a really big window of opportunity here to brand everything. And I tell you who does a fantastic job of it is NASCAR. And um, I'm really enjoying the new generation car and the racing that it has brought on and that, you know, the new like breath of fresh air that, that we're getting in NASCAR and seeing how much participation there is, um, you know, and, and I think that the how they started the preseason with the clash was absolutely amazing and the duels was was very interactive and very fun. And then, yeah, I mean, it, there's some cornball stuff that they do like at, uh, like at Daytona, whenever they had Clint and then a couple, uh, couple drivers and, um, personnel shoot, trying to shoot baskets. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see that piece no. whenever he was up on, oh, dude. So Clint gets up in a scissor lift, um, on the, uh, on the apron of the track and they got a basketball goal on it. And then they take um, like three drivers and three crew members and they go up to the wall on like the steepest part of the embankment. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to shoot the, you know, shoot the ball into the basket to illustrate how far, how wide the track is. And also at the angle, like, cause they're level with the basket at the very top of the track. It was, and but the whole thing was sponsored by Geico or you know, yeah, whatever rocket mortgage, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. And, and like, it was, it was really goofy and corny, but it was this branded piece and it's, and it's stuff like that where it's like, you have to go out of your way to create a, a property mm-hmm. that can then be, you know, sold. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing and, that in Supercross with like that harder pass thing and the smart five, yes. like money moment, you know, they, they've yes. totally put a dollar sign to monetize it. And that's good. Cause they, I mean, you have to, you have to, we do have to. Yeah. I, now I, the one that I wish we could get back to was the Butterfinger whole shot award. Mm-hmm. Um, of them all, I would love to see Butterfinger and speed stick both back, back in, mm-hmm. in Supercross. Yeah. Dude, you know how much, how many speed stick samples got me through eighth grade? Shit. It was <laughs> awesome. I, fuck. Whatever that, uh, that glacier ice or whatever it sounded like a yeah. Gatorade flavor that pff, held me down as I went through yeah. puberty. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. so, so there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. So, um, stuff. you know, and, and as we kind of keep all this stuff going and, and talking about that, as you see the selling side of it and more and more that you have to do, it's very cool to see how independent guys with no restrictions, privateer guys, smaller teams are able to just be so fluid with what they do because they don't have the chain of command to right. go back to Japan or go back to Austria or go back to whatever. Like you guys are able to see what's going to make a deal, how it works. It's completely within your own. And as we've talked, God knows how many times now, like that you can monetize and sell your social media and that's your own deal. It's huge. It's huge right now. 
It's been fun to talk one-on-one with people like Dave Prater, Andrew Baccarosa, Bruce Sternstrom, and Jeff Crutcher about pretty much whatever I want. And that's thanks to everyone at Yoshimura R&D for supporting this feature. Check out Yoshimura's website and social media accounts for more great content. Um, kind of going to the writing thing, because that's really what uh, interested me so much about your trip. You, you know, Jeff, like we've been on our road trips where we went to South Carolina, you go to Iowa, you go all over. What, uh, what made you want to go do this one? And go hit the spots that you wanted to go hit. Like, I know you're a Holando local there for a while. So, like, you know the tracks that are down there. And then to do Day in the Dirt, what was it like we're going to these ones? So, you know, what's funny is is it just kept snowballing. Um, it started with, I want to go race Daytona Amateur Day. and um, Oh, you were going to do I, Sunday instead. Yeah. Originally, the plan, like, when I first developed my idea of I'm going to Florida... It was built entirely around Amateur Day at Daytona. Okay. And um, a funny thing happened. The week, the first, okay, so after Drake Bailey uh, hurt himself, which was one of my riders, um, then I got Brandon Walther of uh, Texas to, to come ride for me for the last remaining four rounds of the season. The first weekend that Brandon um, came to race in Moline, uh, the first heat race on Friday night, he had a catastrophic crash and he fucked the bike up, like did a lot of damage. He broke the gas tank, um, smoked two radiators, broke a clutch perch on the KTM, which is no cheap part. Um, I think he did a, 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 the rear brake lever, um, damn handlebars. Yeah, dude. And that's it was a heavy, the- that's a heavy slam for arena cross. Very heavy slam. Well, they cross rudder going up the face of the finish line and collided with uh, with Travis Sewell in the air. Oh, okay. And so, and whenever he landed, it like swatted down and then hit a tough block and like caused it to like gyrate really hard and then slammed again on the fit on the backside of the tri- triple M. So it just it just had a couple hard tumbles, really immediate impact directly before that race i was trying to sign up for daytona and um i was trying to put my so whenever you sign up for that event you have to uh have proof of health insurance oh you do i did not know oh that's probably a daytona thing then it's a daytona thing so um as i'm plugging my information in for whatever reason it wasn't accepting my uh my member id number and I kept doing it over and over and over and trying to process the entry and then it wouldn't work. And then Brandon went out, crashed, caused me several hundred dollars worth of, of um, parts, which I mean, I have the budget for it, but I'm such a cheapskate about, yeah. you know, like I'm not, now that's not saying that I'm like, it's not that I'm not going to repair the motorcycle. It's that, okay, well I got to repair that motorcycle and I'm going to use that money on something else. Yeah. So the damages that Brandon did to the motorcycle was what it was going to cost me to do Daytona. And so I said, ah, fuck it. We'll just go ride at Orlando PAX, maybe hit WW and jet on home. Um, so, but I knew, you know, that I was going to go watch the races on Saturday. So that kind of changed the plan of, okay, well, I'm just going to make this, you know, like the, the, now that's what I call Florida motocross playlist. And 
it, it and then it kind of snowballed into oh well while I'm on my way down there I'll stop in at the SPUSA headquarters. So then it was you know now we're now it's a business trip where I'm meeting with a sponsor and then going down and as I you know told uh, told some of my friends and partners that you know I'm going to go do this race Taz uh, Sapatka VVS he's like dude you know we're going to be at you're leaving on Tuesday. And we'll be pulling into Dade City on Wednesday to get set up for Day in the Dirt. He's like, why don't you just come stay and do do Day in the Dirt? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, that's a lot. I'm going to be gone a really long time. You know, I have a, I have a, a fucking full-time business to run. I, I just don't know. <laughs> and he's like, dude, come on. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And he talked me into it. And I was like, all right. I'm going to do it. You know, I've, I've never done one before. I was, I was apprehensive, um, in two different measures. Number one, I hate amateur nationals. Um, I don't, I don't like the vibe. Mm -hmm. I don't like the ambiance. I don't like the schedule. You don't, don't want to like... see little 50 kids getting screamed at by their dad. There's just so much that doesn't meet my vibe, which is funny because I'm like, I'm a hardcore racer. Yeah. And you would think that like as a hardcore racer, I would want to go to hardcore races. It's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, I, I was like, that was my first reserve. Um, the second being, and this is nothing against Red Bull. It's nothing against Dade City. It's nothing against Fast House as, as brands that, you know, are part of that event. Growing up in the Midwest, um, Anything that is Southern California related, I automatically have a chip on my shoulder towards it because growing up, you know, the, the industry was based out of there. They were the haves in the Midwest. We were the have nots. We didn't get to ride year round at Glen Helen. We didn't have the magazine, you know, photo guys at the track at all times. It was very um, there was a, a we were very disenfranchised from like the core motocross scene here in the middle of the country and and whether it was envy or jealousy or or whatever but like i always grew up with like this fuck those california guys you know and 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 that whole scene and their vibe like and their tracks like you know poo on that i'm like i'm <laughs> i don't want to participate in that so anything that comes out of that is like I because of this stupid old way that I think I'm automatically just like anti, you know, like, nope, I, you know, day in the dirt. That's not my vibe. Like, I'll never do something like that. Sure. Cool event looks nice. But, you know, I know the way Glenn Helen is. I know how they run events. I know that like the people that are going to that event, you know, like I, I just think um you know, uh, flat bills and black socks. But, and uh, as, it's not as someone that's gone to that race. Like it is the exact opposite of that. Uh, right. you know, it's one of the, cause like day in the dirt was one of those races that I always wanted to go to before I moved yeah. out to California. And then finally getting to go do that. You had to go see that for that misconception because realistically it's, uh, it's a lot of 40 and 50 plus guys that are doing yeah. it. So like they, yeah. they never were part of that or they're like in the stunt industry and this is their one chance a year or so to mm -hmm. ride. So it's not like 
the Glen Helen 909 National like it used to be back in like right. the early 2000s. This is like a whole different deal. And then there are so many people that show up kind of like what you saw this weekend. You never know who's going to be on the starting line next to you. So understandable where you would be like, yeah, fuck that. I ain't going to that because it seems California eyes. But for whatever reason, like the day in the dirt thing is the most un 909 event in all of, co- in all of California. And, and like, I don't know, I don't know who to, who to play, who to blame for my um, misconception. If it's just like the way that it's, it's represented and celebrated or, you know what, I don't know, dude, it's just, it's just my perspective. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, it's going to be hard for me to accurately, uh, you know, uh, explain why it is that I feel that way. It's like, you know, why do some guys like Asian chicks? Why do some guys, you know, prefer this thing or whatever? You know, it's like, I don't know. I just, it just is, is, what, that, it is. It is yeah. what it is. So for me to, and like, dude, full disclosure. Okay. So I get convinced to go to the race. And EVS, who has been, you know, a keystone in my program uh, with the Arena Cross team for two years, is a very strong, you know, very strong present sponsor. They participate, you know, they're a fantastic partner to have. Taz, Jackson, I mean, they're very instrumental to my success. Um, And I've been wearing uh, EVS knee braces since 1998, uh, sub for two years that uh, I... I bent a set of EVS knee braces and was leaving for uh, Loretta's like two days later. Mm-hmm. And I just had to go to the dealership and pick up whatever they had. And I ended up getting a set of A-stars. Outside of that time that I rode in those A-stars, I've rode in EVS knee braces my entire life. EVS is a really big part of my program. It has been for a really long time. So part of this whole thing was getting to... Um, you know, champion up EVS as a really badass event, you know, sponsor and as the coolest, you know, knee brace company in America. Um, and they don't have, they didn't have any pro riders or any real fast guys going, you know, to represent out on the track. So the same way that Fast House brings in, you know, Barrowman and Vicky Golden and, you know, JG, the ringers. JG, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Taz and EVS, they wanted to do the same thing with me, which like, obviously I'm not in the same, you know, I'm not in the same mm-hmm. um, category as those guys, but, but still, you know, they wanted somebody that could produce some, some decent results. As soon as I get to the track on Thursday, it's like every amateur national I've ever been to where there's four, like, you know, thousand foot long uh, Lines rows. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, of just streamers and motorhomes, and I'm just like, great, here we go. Like, you know, exactly where I don't want to be. And uh, I pull in, and you know, I didn't know that I was on the list, and that I didn't have to pay, and then I had to pay, and you know, I just was like, yeah, amateur national prices to get in, which it wasn't bad. Like, in, yeah, in all reality, it was it was 90 bucks for me to get in for the weekend. But, you know, I'm used to going and riding for $20 at Kingsville. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I was just looking, looking, looking at the event through the, the wrong lens as I pull them. And, you know, I mean, instead of just being like, wow, dude, there's a fuck ton of people here. I was like, God damn it. There's, there's a so fuck ton many. of people here. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And I drive up and over the hill and, you know, the security guards are like, whoa, 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 you got the wrong, you know, pass. And and that's just that. And so finally I make my way down to the vendor area where EVS is getting set up. And uh, I get out and I'm just like, dude, ugh, you know, we're I'm on vendor row. It's going to be a lot of people. There's all these people, you know, it's just, and it's all me, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just me having the wrong perception. And like, you know, I lighten up and I'm just like, whatever, let's get these 10 by 20 set up and these mannequins dressed up in those tub boxers. And um, I helped Taz and Jackson set up. And then um, this guy that looked really familiar uh, came over and he was chatting us up. And and after he was done talking to Taz, he, he's like, I know you. And I was like, uh, yeah, dude, you look really, really familiar. And he's like, Chad. I said, Chad, what's your last name? He said, Lemire. I'm like, I know that I know you from somewhere. And he looks really familiar. He's like, yeah, dude, I grew up in Northwest Arkansas. I was uh, best friends with Ben Schrick. And Ben was a, a pro rider in the early 2000s, same time that I was. And, and Ben, great dude, um, really unique individual. Ben, um, Ben, so anyway, you know, Ben and I raced together in the pro class and schoolboy classes all the time. So Chad was always around. He wasn't quite as fast as Ben and I, but he was around and part mm-hmm. of our, you know, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, Missouri State social circle. Um, so we started yucking it up about the old days and 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 just shit like that. And I'm like, that's awesome, dude. You know, what are you doing down here? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm working. You know, I got it. I'm working for uh, Red Bull. I was like, oh, that's awesome. What do you do? He's like, I'm the director of marketing. I was like, sick. <laughs> okay. So okay. Yeah, this is you, this is your event. <laughs> Did not expect that. So, uh, I'm Isn't it, hold on. Know, Isn't it funny to see some of the places that like some of the people we've known forever have gotten to where you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. How'd that happen? Where, how'd you get oh, that? Like not yeah. in a, dis, not in like a discrediting way, but it's just oh, like, yeah. oh shit, that's tight. Like who do you know everywhere now? Yeah. Yeah. And so we started talking about that and he was like, yeah, dude, I went to Ponca in like 2005 and raced the uh, amateur national and the novice class. And uh, Red Bull was there with the Mini Cooper and they had the cute girls handing out cans. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, how cool is is this? This global brand is at this, you know, motocross race in the middle of nowhere. And and look at that. How cool is that that they're, you know, recognizing us? And then he uh, got on the Red Bull website whenever he got home and saw they had open internships and applied for it. And that's what he's been doing for 13 years or, you know, however long it has, he's been actually employed by the company. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was a really cool hobnobbing, you know, to get to and it happened, And that probably happened, what, 20 more times like that over the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the amount of people that I was introduced to and met with and just, you know, rubbed shoulders with, I was like, you're here. Like, mm-hmm. I know you from, you know, and, and what's funny is like, Chad shot me a text and he's like, Hey dude, come over to my motorhome. We've got catering over here. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. So on Friday night I walk over there and, and I mean, it's just like the who's who of the event and not like on the rider side, but the industry side. Mm-hmm. And, um, they had, uh, they had a, a blow up projector screen and, and everybody was sitting around the campfire watching, um, AFT qualifying 
uh, because of the rain delay on Friday night. Uh, so, you know, they started late. And so I was over there right whenever they started the qualifying and, you know, fucking Sammy Halpert's up on screen and I know that guy. And then, you know, there's everybody out of, and I'm like, wow, this is cool. And then I'm, I'm making my hot dog and Weege is there. And he, and I was just like, Hey dude. And he's like, Oh, Hey, what's up? He's, oh, what? Like, he's like, not, not like, what are you doing here? But yeah. But that whole moment here? of like, Oh yeah, here it's the same thing of like, Oh, this person's here. Cause that's how day in the dirt in California is too. Like you'll be looking around. I'll always walk through the pits and I see like Dave Feeney and I'll see like this person and this person, I'll be on the starting line yeah. and I'll see other people that I know. Like even this last year, uh, a friend of mine, Nathan Verdugo, he's on the line and he's like, yeah, I saw you ride up because like none of my stuff looked normal. Cause, uh, I was on a borrowed bike, but he's like, I saw the cactus plant Alpine stars. And he's like, I figured that was you. I'm like, yep, yep. There you go. So <laughs> it, you, you can always like tell who your friends are, where you see them at day in the dirt. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, just, I mean, shit, dude, the amount of uh, connections and introductions, which I didn't go there for that. Yeah. You know, but, um, on Friday, so circling back to Friday morning, whenever, you know, I logged into the EVS Instagram and walked around the track and did the, you know, track preview. And I had been to Dade City before and was talking about how weird the, the sand is there. And, you know, just kind of giving a little track intro. And, um, dude, just the wildest thing, you know, I mean, I'm just like, wow, this is actually really cool. Like, this is exactly the type of racing I'm trying to do. And then road practice and like, dude, all it took was one lap. And I was like, this is it. This is my race. Like this is, this is the race that I've always wanted to do. And here I am doing it. And like, I was such a penis head about coming down here and doing this and, and like acted so silly. And now here I am on the track, just having like the time of my life. And so, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm out there and there's all these like, insane red bull athletes and you know i fucking ran into uh literally ran into robbie madison and then you know bumped into uh march banks and and vicky and you know so on and so forth and everybody um it was wild you know it was it was amazing do you want to go uh, kick your dog i uh, i just turned it down so <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out yeah my yeah. Uh, you know as as a lot of people i think know like we got a kid coming and all that shit and so, like, we're in that, like, crunch time period, so fucking everybody's at my house right now, like, all the time, and uh, yeah. I cannot get anything done ever, <laughs> and so he's constantly on it, and we're kind of winding this thing down, so my mom is going to grab him in a second. Yeah, but no uh, to to that point, though, wow. like, once you finally get on the track and you're doing the riding at Day in the Dirt, because this is the most important thing, and this is what we're going to close it out on, how fun is it to be in that moment and then to sign up for that many races and make it through unscathed, get decent results because that's what you're there for but then to do the coup de gras which is the race that i had been telling you like hey you better do this one like don't think you're not you need to do this one uh the sense of like accomplishment when you finish all of it with no catastrophes and you know you wind up and you did the hardest track and you 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 know you don't party but i party but like you partied it out through the weekend you hung out with everybody you made it through right. the whole shit with no catastrophes how rewarding is that all at the end of it, because I think that's really the best part about day in the dirt is like the sense of accomplishment. When you get done, I did it with all my friends. I didn't have a catastrophe. It's all good. You got to feel that. Yeah. And you know, so there was a massive, 
thunderstorm that came through on uh, Friday morning and it put us at a two and a half hour rain delay and they got the first three races done and then they uh, they held off because you know thunder and lightning and insane wind and we got like two and a half inches of rain and like only at Dade City could you get two inches of rain and then be racing as soon as it's done raining and uh, the um, the first race out was the uh, the Nitro GP two man team race. And I mean, they had to cut down the times for everybody because we were so far behind. But the uh, so what's funny is I, I mentioned Chad, the Red Bull guy. I went down there. I signed up like whenever I pre-entered for the race, I signed up for the Nitro GP team race. Just like I'll find somebody. And um, and then he was entered for it also. But his teammate bailed out right at the last second. So he, uh, we were talking, he's like, dude, like, let's team up. So he ended up being my teammate. Which is another thing I told you was going to happen is that <laughs> during Day in the Dirt weekend, uh, you know, you might think that classes are full and everything like that. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people start getting hung over. They start blowing out shoulders or knees right. or bikes blow yeah. up. And then you go over to the poster board near sign up. And then there it is free entry here, trying to sell this race, need a teammate, need whatever. Yeah. That's another cool thing about Day in the Dirt until you get there. You can piece it together a program, no problem. Yeah, and and the um, so we were the first we were the first ones out on the track after the rainstorm, and um, I started the race, you know, and dude, I was like fifth coming off the line, and just like so much mud splashing, like it was the track was absolutely insane. Uh, but we ended up, we ended up fifteenth overall in the industry class, which was fine. And I originally, you know, I was going to ride the pro class and, you know, find another pro rider to ride with me. But, um, you know, since Chad, you know, he's uh, he's vet B rider, we'll call, and and wasn't, you know, he's like, I'm not racing the pro class. I was like, all right, cool, let's do industry. And what's funny is like everybody, like the industry was the biggest class, and fuck, I'd say, a, you know, ten percent of the riders out in the in the track were actually industry personnel. Um, now I will say the East coast guys, you know, like we talked about, there's a lot of dudes out there that, um, you know, own a suspension shop or they work at a dealership or they're, you know, hand making aluminum billet, uh, throttle tubes, you know, there's a lot of like entrepreneurship on the East coast that you may not see in other places of these guys that are, you know, have full-time jobs, but they still work, you know, for themselves in the industry. So I think that there's a lot of guys like that that were out in that class. Um, after that was over, uh, then we did, um, there was a couple more motos and then my last race of the day was the uh, 250 Pro GP. And I ended up getting second in it. And dude, like I didn't, I did not expect to go out and get second in the pro class, you know, and like, and that's not saying that like it was, you know, no talent. I mean, the top three was Josh Pryor, myself, and Zach Buckowitz. And like, you know, Buckowitz is gnarly indoors. Pryor, he qualifies for every outdoor national he goes to. And I think he scored points at Southwick. So, I mean, it's like, and, and then putting myself in there, you know, we had, we had a really fast pace. Um, I think there was 10 guys in the, in the 250 pro class and then like 20 some odd in the 450. I was third or second in my class and like sixth or seventh overall. Uh, in that whole moto. Um, and then on, on Sunday, I ended up getting uh, third in the 250 Pro GP in that one. And then, yeah, the coup de grace. 
and like after before the coup even started dude and like you know it's the race with no end they don't tell you how did it start because it always starts different like i've honestly i've missed more of the starts for the coup de gras that i've done than i've actually like been on the starting line because it's always after another team race so i come back and like have to do everything really quick (laughs) <laughs> but like, I never know when it's going to start. I just hear like all these bikes take off and I'm still back at the pit. And I'm like, well, shit, here we go. Throw the goggles on and then bail. So listen to this. So they, they gather everybody, um, you know, and like every race is um, Grand Prix style where you start with your helmet or your hand on your helmet. Right. Well, in the coup, it's Le Mans style. So they, they line the entire exterior perimeter of the starting gate with bikes or not the starting gate, but the whole starting line into the first corner. And there's like 180 or so motorcycles, probably more than that. Let's say there was 180 entries, but there's probably, you know, 200 actual people on the track. Um, and the the guy that was corralling everybody during, uh, you know, uh, the getting entered into the track, that guy, was he's got a megaphone and and like everybody's not paying attention and he's standing there he's like come on guys get down here we got to do this got have somebody grab your bike lean your bikes against each other whatever just just get out here we got to have a riders meeting so we can talk about this race and he's corralling everyone it just keeps you know like and like it got to the point dude where i'm like dude fucking everybody is out here like what are you doing can we just like start this race already and, and this guy, this older dude, who obviously had been to that race before, and I'm just standing there, you know, and I got my goggles in my hand and my bike's leaned up against a pole. And this older dude, he's like, hey, man, have you ever done this race before? I said, no. He's like, be, be ready because something squirrely is about to happen. And I was like, and then Taz, Taz yells, Jeff, Jeff. And I look over at him. And he's like, get ready. And I was like, fucking for what, dude? I was like, all right. So I put my goggles on. And as soon as I pop the strap on the back, it's just like, boom, there's bodies going in every direction. And I see just out of the corner of my eye, the guy took his hat off and threw it up in the air. And that was the signal for the start. But he was just he was just trying to corral everyone. Yeah, just to get you guys all as tight as possible and as, as like confused as, possible. as possible and yes. far from yeah. your bike as possible. And right. then, and dude, how nuts is that first lap of the coup? Because there's dudes that did not need to get a good start, that got a fucking great start, and then you're weaving <laughs> yeah. around. There's dudes that are joining it late. There are dudes that are drunk already or they're like right. half dressed or something. <laughs> that first lap of the coup always pandemonium so what's funny is for me it wasn't that bad because there was i was um i was top 20 going out of the starting line and um i think i passed about seven or eight guys in the first lap that were you know just regular joe motocross racers that were not you know fast speed a lot of the top guys managed to start up front though um there were a couple, a couple of the pro guys that, you know, started terribly and had to work their way forward. But for the most part, the top guys started the top. So really, um, it wasn't that gnarly. The first lap wasn't that gnarly. It was, and I think we did somewhere between 18 and 20 laps. And uh, around lap seven is when the chaos really hit you know, and you started catching the back markers 
and the kids on 65s that were stuck in sand and uh, bike failures. And, and all of a sudden there's landmines everywhere. And then the course cutting starts and like, dude, you know, I'm out there taking Caleb Russell style alternate lines and I started really keying in like how to miss certain bumps and how to get around this section and jump over this banner and that kind of stuff. And, you know, in, in, in the meantime, I'm also in a knockdown drag out battle with uh, uh, Kalana Humphrey and like, we're going back and forth. And I mean, he's just passing me regularly, but then I'd outstretch him with the bigger motor and, and catch up. And then he had to pit a bunch. I only had to pit one time. And then he actually had to, that little yeah. Wheel thing. yeah, yeah. he had to, uh, he had to tap out um, with like three laps to go because he had a flat rear tire. It was, it was chaos. Yeah. Like, you know, f from like lap five till the finish of the race. I mean, like the number of riders that I passed, I mean, it was by, you know, the thirties, every lap, mm. you know, and, and you don't realize like when you're constantly passing people, how much thought you have to put into it. And like, I started my watch because I was, you know, I was like, I'm going to start the watch once we end this writer's meeting thing. And I'm expecting like a, you know, a shotgun type start, mm -hmm. you know, where there's going to be a noise or something, not just go, you know, all of a sudden. So, and then I got two laps and I was like, fuck, I forgot to start my watch, dude. Cause I'm like, when am I going to pit? I know I have to pit, but if I'm 10 minutes late on my watch, then I, you know, I'm having to do, yeah. then I'm having to do math the whole time that I'm riding. Cause I needed to pit right at 45 minutes. So, um, I, you know, I'm cruising down the road and I'm one hand off of the throttle, like messing with my polar watch, trying to get that dialed in as I'm doing 60 mile an hour down the, the pavement road. And, uh, I, so I got that dialed in and dude, what's funny is before the race started, I was thinking, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of smoked. Like I'll take it I, easy. I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll take it easy. I'll race for an hour. You know, there's no, there's no end to this race. So to speak, it's kind of a last man standing type thing or, you know, whatever. Like it was so unclear as to mm -hmm. what it was. And, um, you know, I'm wearing this bib that says coup de gras survival race on it. And like, I know that you had finished it before. Yeah. And so I, I think there's only one time that I haven't. And granted, I ain't like killing myself out there. Right. But uh, that that's like the big one. Like I have to yeah. finish the coup because I, I want to do the Ironman. When I go to Day in the Dirt, I start on the two stroke. I always pretty much do it on the same bike, like YZ125 yeah. from the start of the weekend to the end. But yeah, the coup thing, like it is, it's something else. It's its, its own thing in itself. And so like lining up, I was, I was like, well, shit, dude, I already have two boxes. Like, what do I care about how my results are in that race? And, you know, getting a good start and being with the top guys and, and running a really good pace. I was, I just got into that fucking Zen flow, dude. And just was cranking laps right around the five minute mark. Like I looked at my lap times, dude, and it's all so consistent the whole way out. Just, you know, plus or minus a second mm -hmm. here and there, except for my pit stop lap until two laps to go. And it, I just, my body ran out of fuel. Yeah. Like, I, dude, what was wild is like my cardio and my, my strength was there, 
but I had no like pizzazz. And yeah. so I just, instead of like trying to push it with bad balance, you know, cause like with me, when I get tired, my balance gets off and then I start dropping my feet a lot from little mistakes. And then, you know, then I've got a tweaked ankle and a hurt foot and I'm, I'm not into that. So my strategy was I'll do an hour, I'll go out, I'll have fun. I'll do a pit stop, do a couple laps, pop some wheelies and sayonara day in the dirt. Thanks for the fun. Dude, I got in that zone, and then whenever I pitted, Taz, you know, I had the, um, I don't have a quick fill cap. Which you're not supposed a, to have for coup de gras. That's in the rules. Right, yeah. Well, fuck, dude, half of the people out there were. <laughs> See, and the thing is, is like on the on the East Coast, there's so many of these guys that do GNCCs GNCCs, uh, they sprint do. Sprint Duros, uh, all that, yeah. The kind of Sprint Duro, they're doing J-Day. And like, I can't believe how many guys were there that, I've seen racing J days mm -hmm. and they all have aftermarket tanks with quick fills and shit like that. This is that uh, whole so, Northeast like spring break thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and like, dude, you, you go through the, the results sheet and it's Connecticut, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, like it's all that. And so many of those guys. And I mean, even whenever we were, you know, I was at um, Orlando PAX and Tampa, uh, just riding. It was all like everybody there was from the Northeast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as the race wound down, I got kind of, you know, I got kind of taxed and, and I just was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm in it. Oh, oh what I was going to say is whenever I did my pit stop, Taz is like, Taz, Taz is yelling into my ears. He's got the quick jug going and I'm, I'm pounding water. He's like, you're in 10th. Kalana's in ninth. You got to fucking pass that kid. And I'm just like, I didn't sign up to race this race. Yeah, dude, like we're just here. <laughs> Shit. And then I was like, I got to going and and at first, you know, I was just like giggling and popped a wheelie over the finish line jump and then I was as I was going, you know, making my way through these rollers and shit and then I started nose I'm like No, fuck that kid. Like I'm not going to let that get little him. kid be yeah. yeah, I'm getting him, dude. And like um so I started catching up to him. And then the next lap around, he was pitting for fuel. And I was like, I fucking got this, dude. Yeah, like, send it. Go. I am, yeah, yeah, I am getting a top 10 in this race. You know, and it was so funny how, like, as the race went on, my idea of what I was going to do in that race changed so much. And, like, my perception of how I, how, you know, like, every lap my approach started changing. And then it was, like, I'm literally thinking about all the time that I've spent watching Caleb Russell videos. Yeah. And, like, him talking about alternate lines and shit. And then I start getting in that, dude, okay, like, I'm coming out of this corner, but I'm thinking about that section down there that's 20 seconds away and how I'm going to cut that one bump and miss this one rock and, you know, do and, like it was that thinking ahead that like kept me in that zone dude and really activated with the race. And then I got to the point where I was like, I'll fucking do this for three hours. Like, I don't care, you know? And then it was, you know, then it wasn't survival. It was thriving, yeah. you know, but dude, it was so much fun. And, and like, I'm so glad that I went and I'm so glad that I got to go and, and hang out with, uh, you know, everybody that I did and get to spend time with Taz and Jackson and finally get to do an event with them because EVS has been a part of our program so much, but they haven't been able to come to the arena cross races and getting to, and you know, I, I've said it a million times, a logo on the bike only does so much, but still to be, you know, the guy with the giant EVS logos on the motorcycle and be out there representing them and 
and uh, you know, ended up getting two podiums and, and then a top 10 in the coup and, and just all, everything that we produced out of the weekend was all positives and everything was such a blast and like leaving, I was reflecting on it as I was driving up I-75, you know, through the Florida wilderness and just was like, that was such a cool race. I'm so glad that I went like, you know, and, and, and like, I, I was looking at the photos of me through the weekend and I'm just like, every photo is of me just smiling, you know, super big. And I'm like, man, I had such a blast and like, what a fun time this was getting to do this and see all the homies and the whole week or two weeks plus of, of the whole event. It was, it was such a blast. And I'm so glad that I went and like, I, I said it, you know, I, I bumped into Weege whenever he was doing his weed show and was like, you know, we talked about, dude, if you're on the fence over doing this race, come do it, you know, by all means, it's, um, it's a special one. And, and it's, it's a, to call it a race is not really right. It's an event. It's like you go to a party and a race breaks out. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's their whole selling. Yeah. That's the tagline for the California one. Did you cry? Cause I cry like a bitch every time when I'm leaving, I'm fucking bawling because of the same things that you said. Like, I know I only get to do this once a year. I got to see all my friends. It's something that I've had circled on the calendar the entire year. And it's that personal fulfillment thing. But fuck dude, that last, like either the last lap after the white flag goes or after I load up and like have an eight Oh five. And I'm like decompressing dude, I'm unemotional. <laughs> I'm just like, bah. there's a woman, Sherry Ridenorm, used to work at Troy Lee designs and she has been like the fundamental staple. I see her every year at Day in the Dirt. And she she's the one that holds the signs like, you can pass that guy. You can this, you can that. Sherry is one of my great friends. One of the nicest, sweetest people I've ever met in the industry. I seek out Sherry when I get done with that race. Because I know like if the weekend's not over until I give Sherry a hug. And I know like, hey, I did it. So yeah, yeah I'm glad. De- Jeff, I'm so glad you got to go do that. And that the uh, the same vibe carries over out there. Because I was always like, really want to go to that one because it's right in the middle of the year. But to hear somebody went to day in the dirt down South and just loved it and saw it for what it was and had different expectations of what it was going to be. That speaks volumes to how fun that race is. And it's really cool because that's what drew me into that race in California mm-hmm. when I was a kid reading magazines, wanting to do it. And I mean, the, and, and the thing is, it's like, dude, the race has been around for 25 years and I didn't, you know, I didn't know about it until a couple of years ago. Really, I didn't know about it until Fast House came on. Um, and that's the miscon. It's always been Fast House's thing. There's, there's, oh, a, oh. yeah, there's a lot of like background stuff that goes to yeah. this. Because uh, me and my brother even have this conversation, like who actually thinks who does what? It's very different. Uh, just as Fast House has grown the perception yeah. of, of all these other things. But yeah, it's always been Kenny Alexander and his family, like at the core doing it. And when you see Kenny and oh. when you see Amber and I, I'm, I know they were there cause I saw Tom Jornet was on yeah. Kenny's bike and Fonzie and all those guys, like they do such a good job. And it's so cool to see that level of like fun just at the dirt yeah. bike races for no pro thing, no anything like that, just for everybody to come enjoy. And that's, I mean, yeah, dude, it, it was such an enjoyable event. And I mean, you know, that, yeah, you had, you had some major players there, like, you know, Stank Dog, um, March Banks, um, so on down the list. Osborne showed up and raced on Saturday. I mean, like, yeah, dude, there were some very seriously talented individuals there, but they're all just there to have fun. I mean, like, you know, uh, Duffy, Duffy and, um, he, he was riding one of, um, 
uh, Hayden's practice bikes. And then, uh, their track guy was, uh, racing, um, Plessinger's 2018 Supercross championship bike, like the bike, which is, which is funny because it's, it's the shop bike. You know, it's like, if you go down there and you're a bud and you want a bike to ride, we'll throw you on the race bike, have a good time. And he didn't have a bike to ride. And he talked to, uh, talked to team and like, Hey, can we ride the ride this bike? I guess they were like, no, you know, I mean, um, ah. and then they talked him into it, and, and like it was so funny because I knew that I knew that that motorcycle was there, um, because Duff had told me about it, and I was sitting around in the pits waiting for one of my motos, and then um, I I wasn't looking at the pits, I was looking at my bikes, and I heard a bike ride past, and then I smelled the Pro Six, and I, I was like. There can only be one person running Pro Six here. I turned around and it was it was that bike. I was like, "Wow, how funny is that?" You know, I mean, it's like, but then there's you know, and then there's guys on vintage bikes. Like there's dudes on old you know Mako four nineties and Baltacos and and CZs and Can Ams. And then you know there was one dude with a David Bailey replica, you know, eighty four CR one twenty five with the one E on it. And and I know that I'm getting wrong, whatever that was, but like. Still, dude, like it was so cool to see all the stuff and all the participation and how jacked up everybody was and how how much fun everybody was having. And like the only the only thing that like just rubbed me raw was there's uh, there's a um, an equestrian barn that you ride through and it has a cement floor where you ride, you know, where the track goes like it's just a sidewalk thing. Every fucking lap I came around and there was somebody in there doing a massive burnout. And like, I was so just like, ugh. I, I, to begin with, I hate burnouts to begin with. I think that they're like played out or, you know, I don't know. This is me like, you know, get off of my lawn, you know, but like, I'm over the burnouts. There should be, you know, whoever wins Daytona does burnouts. And then whoever is the series champ does burnouts. That's it. There should be four burnouts every year. And that's it. The rest of it is just like, it's like, well, you didn't win anything. What the fuck are you doing a burnout for? You know, just giving Dunlop money. Just giving Dunlop money. money. So, but the thing, every time I came around inside that barn, there's somebody like blocking the way in with their shit rammed up against the cattle fencing. Just, oh, no, 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 I heard that. I heard that from like quite a few people. Like every time I'd come around, I'd get to do a clean lap and then it'd be jammed up like that. We have one thing like that at the one in California. It's the tunnels that go through the thing. And they don't stop to do burnouts, but people just get like log jammed and then you're done. Like if they have the line messed up in the tunnel, you're fucked. It's over. Um, okay. So last so, question. Oh, go so ahead. Hold on, let me, let me, yeah. There's, there's a little point here. Do you know who Ryan Ritter is? Yeah. The film guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't, I don't know him. I don't, I um, haven't met him, but I know I'm aware. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seems like the kind of guy that I would enjoy talking to. Right. And he's quick on a dirt bike. The kid rips and, and he's got good style and, but I didn't, I don't know anything about him. I came around one lap and this is like on lap. 16 of the coup and like my tolerance for the fucking burnouts was at an all-time low by this point because mind you i had done 300 laps you know 300 passes through that barn and every single time there's some jack wagon doing a fucking burnout in there and it smells and like it's just like dude i'm so over this and i came in and he's in there doing a burnout and like i just was like 
fuck you, dude. Like as I was riding past, I didn't know it, but one of the one of the Red Bull video guys was on the other side of Ryan getting video of him doing that. And then I saw like I saw it on the day in the dirt Instagram and like I'm just watching this video and then there's a video of Yamaha guy and I don't you know, again, I didn't know who he was. I just see fucking Yamaha guy in there, duh, 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 you know, smoking it out. And I ride past just like, <laughs> you know, I did see that video. Okay. So I did see I, that. I saw Ryan cause Ryan's so tall and I yeah. was like, Oh yeah, big ass Ryan, like doing a burnout. And then I saw a guy go by and I was like, I, and I could feel your frustration in that where you're just like, I gotta go. Like, I don't care about all that other stuff. Yeah. Right. And like, that's the thing is like, there's so many, there's so few people there that are there to race and like, I'm still that guy. Like I'm still that guy. I'm still there to race. I still want to go fast. I want to get, you know, results. I'm in the absolute minority there. And like, I was not mad at Ryan. I would, I just was like another fucking burnout. Are you kidding me, dude? So anyway, I commented, like I commented on it and I was like, yeah, I did. You know, I was giving the bird to Yamaha guys. I passed and I thought it was funny and I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't m- mad at him for, you know, or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I guess him not knowing me or, you know, and me not knowing him, he shot me a message. He was like, great job, dude. You were the angriest guy at the track that weekend. And I just was like, all right, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that I will say that's, I that's always the one thing. Uh, there's always kind of something like somebody will, it, it, you didn't go to the barn party. There's always a fight at the barn party. There's always like a little bit of like, oh man, this like gets misconstrued and then just, it goes, <laughs> yeah. it goes the other way. Okay. Last question. Can we convince you to come to California one now? Will you race? Would you race that if you had the time? Yeah, absolutely. When is it? I Thanksgiving, was, is weekend, it over, every Thanksgiving weekend. Every year yeah. that is it, it practice starts on Friday. A lot of people load in actually like on Wednesday and have Thanksgiving right. at the race. Uh, but yeah, Thursday, Friday yeah, through Sunday. I- Absolutely. After doing this race and then knowing that I'm not going to be racing arena cross, I'll be, you know, managing the race team. Um, knowing that like, yeah, I'm in for sure. And, and that was another thing that I was so appreciative. This was really probably what hit home with me the most whenever I was leaving and reflecting is knowing how much the future is going to change for me over the next couple seasons with the race team. It's going to be like for me to go to that race and to have gotten good results and put in, you know, effort and, and, and be dedicated to going, you know, at speed um, and then having a pair of trophies to bring home, knowing that like, I'm not going to get to go to that race anytime soon again. Like it will be years and years before I'm able to go again. So it was very special for me. Um, would I come to the one in, in California? Absolutely. Dude. I think that would be such a blast to do. And, and um and see what they're both like compare yes yeah yeah, compare and contrast obviously i know that it's going to be a really fun race at Glen helen and uh if i was if i'm going to do it again i would like to do uh i'd like to do it on a 252 stroke i think would be the one that i'd want to do and i'd want to ride you know the two-stroke class and and try and do the iron man thing because there dude there was only like 15 people that did the iron man oh really at this one yeah Yeah, it was not very many the california one there's always a lot you know and, and even even this past year, it sold out before I could even get my entry in. But I knew, like, dude, it ain't going to happen. Like, I'm going to – I'll get there, and then I can still sign up and do Iron Man and do all that stuff and get the trophy. And that's, like – that's the other thing. They give me the trophy. It's this – how cool are those trophies, by the way? 
For what? For just for Day in the Dirt. Were yours oh, like super you heavy? Know? No, uh-uh. It oh, was no, they a, weren't? It was um, two pieces of wood, one that was this tall and one that was this tall that were, um, it was just like treated treated wood, okay. like sealed wood, uh-huh. screwed together with a little slot and then a foam, you know, like one of those foam plaque things oh, stuck okay, in it. Okay. That, and, and now listen, the tro- it's not the coolest trophy in the world. And this is something that uh, as I'm preparing to help with this uh, two-stroke invitational race in, in uh, June at Bar to Bar, this is something that like I have been going back and forth with, you know, the my team there is like, it's not the trophy, it's the accomplishment. Um, and so the trophies themselves and how cool they were or were not really didn't mean anything to me. But the photo of me getting to stand on the Red Bull stage and getting, you know, holding those two trophies. It's not the trophies themselves. It's the fact that I earned them, you know, that I finished the race, that I did it. Yeah. And, and like, no one can ever take that away from me. I mean, it's like, um, I've got these uh, championship plates from 2018, you know, weird flex, but okay. Uh, I got these championship plates from 2018 from bar to bar in the 250 pro class. And then I have uh, plus 25. Nobody can ever take these away from me. You know, it's a moment in time that I earned this. And so it's very special to me, even though like it, yeah, it doesn't mean that much to anybody else, but it means something to me. And like, to me, it's not the trophy itself. It's what the trophy represents. Um, And I think a lot of people get really caught up in trophies. And, and like the presentation of them. Um, whereas, you know, it's like one of my favorite trophies is literally this tall, you know, and it's like this dinky little plastic cup that I got at bar to bar once. And it's just for a silly race. And like, to me, the trophy itself is, is meaningless. It's what, you know, it's what it represents, but it's what it represents. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all in all, it was a great event. It was a great time. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, I, I absolutely would love to come to the Thanksgiving one out there, um, especially you know later this year. I think it would be a lot of fun to kind of get a, get my mind off of the arena cross season because, dude, fuck. I mean, I'm already wrapped I'm preparing up. for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm already wrapped up in it. Yeah, and that was the fun thing about this trip in in Florida is it was just a full on moto vacation. Yeah, that I haven't gotten to go on because it's been but you so do business. you do a lot though. I mean, like that was the whole point of this conversation though is like when you get the opportunity, there is very few people I know that line up a better moto trip than you. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing is like it's and like you know as as the as the spot check thing is is revealed this summer, um, and you know, because I'm getting paid directly by Instagram to do uh, content creation is like now it's changed my, um, my outlook. Yes. On, on how I'm going about riding and racing. And now it's like, well, people love to see a new track. And so like, now I'm like, well, we need to go, we need to go to new tracks. We need to go to new places. I need to expand, you know, my territory and experience as much as I possibly can, which is so funny that like, instead of just going and doing that, I had to be motivated by money, you know, to go to it. But like, it is the greatest motivator of all. But, but like, as I'm doing it, I'm realizing and like, how many times have we sat around and talked about how important it is to go and get out there and do it. And like, I do do it. But like, this was a golden opportunity. And yeah, I laid it out. 
and like the the benefactor is that you know now my checking account gets a deposit every month from Facebook um, because I'm going and, and mm -hmm. you know recording and doing with that. my GoPro yeah yeah so it's 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 cool to get that reward also you know and and it, and it helps me stay focused on you know oh well I'm gonna go to PAX on Thursday and I'm gonna go to, you know to the Supercross and Ranch and I'm gonna go to Tampa and I'm gonna you know do all this shit etc so it really like the whole thing it, it's this new chapter and it's bred you know new life in uh in in what i'm doing um just because now it's like as opposed to before where it was like i'm focused on results i want to go fast now it's i have to create content you know so it's uh it's changed a lot and it's a new chapter and, it, and it's uh, really entertaining you know as like i'm developing this thing as i go along yeah well, hey, you know what? We're going to have to, uh, we'll talk about this more. As you alluded to, we do have something in the works. And then all the other stuff that kind of feeds off that, we'll have to sit down and do this again. Because, fuck, dude, you and I could talk for three and a half hours. We've already been an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, what's, yeah, ahead, what's funny ahead. is whenever I was, whenever I drove past your uh, exit, uh -huh. like, for like, I don't know, I had, I was just like, you know, I could probably, I could probably just pull into Anton's, you know, it's like, what, 30 minutes off of the freeway, I could probably just pull in there, we could do an hour long podcast, mm -hmm. and you know, I'll jump back in the car. Well, you know, it's not going to be that. No, I was like, I'll be there for five or six hours. Yeah. So I just, it's either just I keep going. I, I, just keep yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even bring it up. Because I'm like, I'm just gonna spare myself yeah. from that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bud. Well, hey, uh, it was good to talk to you. I'm glad you had fun. That's the most important part of it. Like, I've told Kenny this, I've told Fonzie this, I've told Amber this, I've, I've told everybody this a day in the dirt. It's my favorite race of the year. There is That is the race that when I was very much on the cusp of like, am I going to keep riding or not? Like, is this what I really want to do? I've been yeah. hurt so many times. I, it's, eh. I got back to that race. I was like, yep, this is it. This is what I got to do forever. The, the people that I know there, the friends that I have, the times and the memories that I have with my wife doing the 805 drag race, doing the Hell on Wheels yeah. flat track. All the stuff at the California one, I love that race, I think, more than anything. And the few times that I have had to miss it have just crushed me, like crushed me to no end. The helmets that I have from that race are prized possessions, all that stuff. To see so many people, so many close friends, so many everything now have that, like, aha moment of, like, hell yeah, day in the dirt, sick. <laughs> yeah. By far the coolest thing. Like, bummed I didn't get to go obvious for obvious reasons and all that, but – uh the fact that so many people are like, no, dude, this is awesome. And this is how it's going. It, I laughed like pretty hard on Monday to myself of like, oh, dude, look at all these goofballs. Like now figuring out, like we've been telling you, but now you guys <laughs> got to experience it for yourself. So it's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a must hit, you know, regardless of where you live. And I've got a handful of buddies that I, you know, as soon as I left, I was like, you have to go next mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Like don't, don't not go. You yep. can't not go. Cool. So yeah, bud. Just well, yeah. Uh, we'll keep in contact. We'll keep doing yeah. it. Well, thanks, yeah. dude. Jeffrey, thanks for doing this podcast with me. We have so much more. Uh, like we said, dude, these these things are going to be weekly, every other week. Thanks to Biggie and Yosh for them doing this. But again, like if there's someone that you guys want to hear us talk to or something that you want us to talk about, let us know because this thing's wide open. This is a completely blank format. We can do whatever, talk about whatever, however. If you want more Crutcher on there, tell me. If you want <laughs> other people on here, tell me. Uh, we won't have the dog barking as much next time, but you know, all these things, but thanks for, thanks for coming on, Jeff. It's good to see you, bud.